Welcome to Relational Skills in Real Life, a Thrive Today podcast where we share everyday stories of encouragement and transformation from people using relational skills in their lives. Spend time with us and be inspired by real life examples of how we use relational skills to strengthen and repair our relational connections. We're so glad you're here. Hello, friends. Chris Corsi here, president of Thrive Today, and I want to welcome you to the Relational Skills in Real Life podcast. Friends, today is a million-dollar topic, a million-dollar focus that everybody needs. Whether they realize it or not, we all need to learn how to navigate our emotions. That's right. How to navigate emotions with skills. And that's exactly right. That learning to navigate our emotions requires some skill. We need skill to learn to regulate what we feel, to be able to feel, share, and quiet our upsets so that we can be relational and bounce back to joy. This reminds me of the quote that my friend and mentor, Dr. Jim Wilder, once said. He said that we are as good as our ability to manage what we feel. That's right. You are as good as your ability to manage what you feel. And you know what? That's so true. There's examples in scripture where uh, people were so overwhelmed. Some of the prophets were so overwhelmed and discouraged and hopeless. They just prayed that God would just zap them into heaven. They didn't want to be alive anymore. In other words, sometimes emotions are so big, we can't manage them. And when we can't manage them, things happen. And a series of things happen that often means we become non-relational. We go into the brain state we call enemy mode. We are not a good version of ourselves when we can't manage what we feel. And the world is full of examples, unfortunately, where people can't manage what they feel and they either become aggressive, violent, they lash out, or they turn inward and lash out against themselves. There's lots of unhelpful examples, but the good news is there are exam good examples as well, and we can learn to manage what we feel because this is a learned skill. And ideally, we learn the skill early in life if our family has the skill. So if people in our lives who interact with us have the skill, then we will learn by their example. They will download the skill to us as they interact with us while we learn to manage what we feel. So ultimately, your brain has to learn, how do I feel this feeling? How do I share this feeling? And how do I quiet this feeling? And often it breaks down in one of those three steps. Sometimes I just can't feel it adequately. So I lose it. I just can't load the upset. Or um, I can't not only not feel it, I can't share it. And maybe I just feel alone in the upset. And so I want to disconnect. And that's where a lot of unhelpful addictions comes in. And if I can't feel it, I can't share it, then I'm not going to be able to quiet it. So what that means is I'll avoid the emotion or I will sidetrack to more manageable emotions. And that means I might get mad all the time, even though I'm afraid, even though I'm worried or I'm hopeless or I feel some shame, I get mad. And so ultimately, we have to learn how to return to joy and peace from our emotions. We also have to learn how to stay our relational selves in the midst of the emotions. This is another important skill. So how do I stay my relational self? And how do I learn to return to joy from my upsets? And what staying my relational self means is I'm recognizable as the same person when I'm upset as when I'm happy or joyful. And friends, let's face it, these skills can change the world. Imagine watching the evening news and people knew how to bounce back from their upsets and their emotions and people knew how to stay their relational selves. So relational skills 
are the key to unlock our relational self so that we reflect Jesus in the good times as well as the bad. So thinking about managing what we feel reminds me of the time my sons were managing or trying to manage some really big emotions. In fact, it wasn't going very well at first. Uh, my family was grieving the loss of Kitty Wilder, who'd passed away a number of years ago. And Kitty was like a mother to Jen and I and a grandmother to our sons. And losing her created what we call a lot of attachment pain, which is loss. And we were just having big feelings about all that. And one day, my sons were fighting over a toy, and it was more intense than usual. This wasn't just a little argument. Like, this was getting heated up pretty quickly. So I intervened and, you know, tried to figure out what was going on. And I'll never forget it. Clear as day, my one of my sons turned to me with tears in his eyes streaming down his cheeks. And he said, Nani gave me that toy. They called Kitty Nani. So Nani gave me that toy. And I realized, oh, he is feeling some big loss here. And this big loss is creating some really intense feelings that are hard for him to manage. He was hurting and he was heartbroken because this toy reminded him of Nani, the one that he loved. So I knelt down and I looked my son in the eyes and I shared some of his sadness. I attuned with him, which means that I validated his feelings. And then and I said, yeah, I can see why you would have some big feelings around this, because this reminds you of Nani. And so I was with him. And I, as I was validating him, I also then held him and, and comforted him. And he started to calm down. So the comfort, uh, the validation helped him feel like, OK, daddy sees me. Daddy understands me. And the comfort says, OK, I'm not alone here. And so it helped him be able to better manage what he was feeling so that he could feel seen, heard, and understood in his sadness and in his grief. And the key here is that he's no longer alone. And that became a very important step. So as our family grieved together, we were able to find words to talk about what we were feeling. But we were learning to, to feel these feelings, share these feelings, and quiet these feelings. And so this is what we call learning to return to joy. And thanks to relational skills, I could do this. Otherwise, I probably would have minimized him in some unhelpful way. Or I probably would have missed out on this important opportunity to be able to connect with my son in his upset. So thanks to relational skills, I could see what was happening and I could tune in and attune with him and basically connect with him so he did not feel so alone. Otherwise, I could have missed an opportunity and could have reinforced that he's just alone in his feelings. And again, whenever we feel alone in our feelings, these create the toughest conditions to manage that emotion. So ideally, we are a people who connect well, especially during upsets and times of big emotions. So my son needed to feel like someone was with him today. Someone was with him in his upset and uh, I'm so grateful for relational skills that we've been practicing on a regular basis. If I hadn't been practicing these relational skills on the good days, then they sure wouldn't be showing up on the hard days. So relational skills really help us to build and develop heartfelt connections so that we can grieve together, we can mourn together, we can weep with those who weep, and we can rejoice with those who rejoice. And all of us will have lots of opportunities in our lives to be able to share what people are feeling, and help people be able to quiet those big feelings. And again, all of us have to learn how to feel, share, and quiet our own feelings and our own emotions. 
so that we can calm and quiet the storm of fear or the storm of hopeless despair or the storm of upset that might be raging in us. And just imagine how hard it can be to respond in a way when you're upset that matches your faith and your values. So if you're feeling some pain or you're feeling wronged, maybe you didn't sleep very well last night, or maybe you're you know, feeling dealing with some accusation or some conflicts, um, whatever it might be, just imagine how hard that can be. And what relational skills do is it helps you be you. And it helps you reflect Jesus while you navigate your emotions. So really, your ability to manage what you feel sets the tone for your ability to express your faith and your values in a way um, that is consistent and coherent with who you are and who you want to be. So do people feel loved when they interact with you in the good times as well as the bad times? And Have you ever felt loved and valued interacting with someone? So have you ever interacted with someone and you, you just felt like they were with you? and they understood you. Like, that's a very good feeling. Um, Or maybe you felt like roadkill after interacting with someone, or you felt misunderstood or wronged or slighted by interacting with someone. And there's nothing fun about that. So we can compare it. People who help us feel valued, cared for, and protected in our interactions are people that basically leave us feeling like roadkill, left on the side of the road, all alone in our upsets. And we've all probably learned some unhelpful things about emotions and pain and loss. And if you're like me, you've probably learned a few unhelpful lessons along the way um, because your family, your community lacks some of these important skills. So the good news is today you can grow capacity to suffer well, which means you're staying your relational self. You can learn the skills to quiet, to be able to tune in and share what people are feeling and to be able to learn to feel, share, and quiet your own emotions. I can pretty much guarantee you're going to have a lot of opportunities to practice. And so part of what we want to do is practice on the good days so that these skills will show up on the hard days and the bad days. And friends, the good news is there are resources to help you along as you navigate this terrain. One of the books my friend Marcus Warner and I wrote is called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, filled with good stories and material and information, but also uh, chock full of practices. So there's a lot of really good exercises in there. Uh, And Thrive Today is that we've done a webinar at Thrive Today called Raising Relational Kids in a Non-Relational World. That's a webinar that you can find the links to with this podcast, as well as learn more about these important relational skills at thrivetoday.org. Thank you for listening. Check the description of this episode for specific resources and visit us at thrivetoday.org anytime. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with friends. We look forward to seeing you next time.